Donald Trump's legal team is asking Judge Tanya Chutkin to file sanctions against Special Prosecutor Jack Smith because Jack Smith, they say, keeps breaking the rules and it is pissing them off. And what they want in these sanctions is for Jack Smith, the federal government, basically to have to reimburse Donald Trump all reasonable legal fees for Jack Smith's inability to follow the rules. So what rule is it that Jack Smith is breaking? Well, according to Trump's lawyers, Jack Smith is breaking the rules by continuing to submit filings and share evidence during discovery, even though the case has been stayed by the judge pending the appellate court's ruling on Donald Trump having immunity, which by the way, that, that begins tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, you just, you're like a day away. You filed this motion like four or five days ago, maybe. And you couldn't just like wait because the judge hasn't, hasn't actually done anything on any of these motions that Jack Smith has filed. But here's what Trump lawyers wrote. The prosecutors repeatedly engaged in that exact conduct, disobeying the stay order at least three times in just two weeks. The prosecutors have no justification for their misconduct. The prosecutors should reimburse President Trump for all reasonable attorney's fees and other expenses that he has incurred responding to the prosecutor's improper productions and filings. The court should require that the prosecutors seek and obtain permission from the court before submitting any filings or productions for the duration of the stay order to ensure that any further attempts to violate the stay order will be summarily denied. Yeah, here's the thing. There's, there's really no clear <laughs> order on what can and cannot take place during this so-called stay. Now let's not forget judge Tanya Chutkin did in fact put a stay in place once the appellate court decided that they were going to issue a ruling on immunity. So she said, okay, until that happens, like we're kind of done but kind of done just means there's no deadlines during that time. Like you don't have to do stuff while this is happening. You don't have to. It does not say that you are forbidden from doing these things. So Jack Smith says, okay, well, we've got motions we want to file about how we want the trial to proceed. So we're just going to go ahead and file those motions. We have them ready. We're going to go ahead and do it because it doesn't put an undue burden on the defendant. The defendant does not have to respond to these things right now. And the judge, because there's a stay, cannot force them to do it. Jack Smith's team was like, well, we're just, we got them ready. So we're just going to go ahead and file them. You don't even have to respond, but they made the decision to respond. The judge hasn't even ruled on them. The judge didn't put deadlines in place because she can't. So this motion to sanction Jack Smith automatically fails on its face because it's not based in reality. And it sure as hell is not based in the law. Jack Smith is allowed to submit filings. What's not allowed to take place is for the judge to rule on them or issue deadlines based on them, which she didn't do. So technically nobody broke the rules here, but Trump's lawyers say, well, we still want some money because, you know, at the end of the day, that's all Donald Trump ever wants is a little bit more cash. 
even if he has to pay his lawyers to file this ridiculous motion to get it. Voters in the state of Massachusetts on Thursday filed a petition with the state to remove Donald Trump from the state's ballot, arguing that he did in fact engage in an insurrection on January 6, 2021, and therefore Section 3 of the 14th Amendment should kick in and Trump should be removed from the ballot. And when I say petition, I'm talking about legal petition, so basically a lawsuit challenging Donald Trump's eligibility in the Massachusetts ballot. Uh, The day after, by the way, the state of Illinois did the same thing. Earlier in the week, the state of Louisiana also received a challenge. So we have three more states added to the ever-growing list where they are challenging Donald Trump and his access to the ballot. Now, let me tell you why I don't like this one in Michigan. I'm not, you know, weighing in on the Illinois one or the Louisiana one yet, but here's my issue with, with the one in Michigan. And I really, it's painful for me to say this because I like this group a lot. I really do. But the one in Massachusetts, I said, Michigan, I meant Massachusetts. Massachusetts is, is being kind of organized and, and pushed by the group free speech for people. It's a great group, a wonderful organization. They have had horrible luck with their ballot challenges for Donald Trump. They did it in Minnesota. It got swatted down. They did it in Michigan. It got swatted down. And now they're trying again in Massachusetts and they've got a horrible track record with it. And I do think part of the issue is the way that they have written it. Like here, here, here's what it says. Um, Well, this is what Ron Fine, the legal director of free speech for people says. He says, Donald Trump violated his oath of office and incited a violent insurrection that attacked the U S Capitol, threatened the assassination of the vice president and congressional leaders and disrupted the peaceful transfer of power for the first time in our nation's history. Trump is legally barred from the ballot and election officials must follow this constitutional mandate. See the problem I have with that is that in that statement, And that may not be what's in the actual legal filing, but in the statement, which also they could use against them in court here, you're making a lot of claims that we can't actually prove. Like Trump incited the insurrection. I believe it, but I believe it. I can't prove it. Okay. See, that's the difference. You can only say what you can prove and you cannot prove that in a court. And based on the, the other two filings in Minnesota and Michigan, now you're going to Massachusetts. I guess we're just hitting all the M states first. Th- this isn't good. Like th- th- It's just not good. But what is good about it, and again, I love free speech for people. I, I, I really even hate to kind of, you know, be down on them on this, but they, they don't have a good track record. They're not doing well with it. But what I will say is that it is good that we have more states issuing these challenges. And here's why. Um, obviously Minnesota, Michigan, and even Massachusetts, by the way, the secretary of state's already said they're not going to kick them off the ballot. Uh, California, four states that have already said we're not removing him from the ballot, but the Supreme court is going to be the one to ultimately make the decision on whether or not states even have the authority to do it. Because if that Supreme court comes back and says, yes, you can, then suddenly all of these challenges that had been smacked down or overruled and ruled against in the courts, I should say, suddenly those can spring back to life. So while I'm not confident, um, 
with this one in Massachusetts, it's actually good that it exists because that way, if the Supreme court happens to say Trump can be removed, well, bing, bang, boom, you've got your thing ready to go. So it is a good thing that they are doing this. I'm just not confident that it's going to succeed prior to a ruling from the Supreme court. Uh, but again, if the Supreme court happens to rule that way, then suddenly Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts, California, all of those can come back into play and those States would have the clearance. So it's good to have the framework for getting him removed from the ballot for filing those legal challenges. I, I just, I, I don't know how successful they're going to be though, because so far there has been very limited success with getting Trump kicked off the ballot. Donald Trump Jr. was doing victory laps last week after the Epstein lists were revealed and his father's name was not on it. Trump Jr. got on uh, uh, Twitter and he said, the left is so much more upset that Trump isn't on the Epstein Island list than they are with the actual Democrat elite pedophiles who are on the list and who took part in molestation. That tells you all you need to know about today's Democrat party and their leaders. He says, because everybody on that list, he says, or he assumes is obviously somebody that engaged in illegal activity with underage women. Now, as he said, Trump was not on that list, right? So that's why he's so excited. The problem he has with his assessment of things is that Trump was on the list. <laughs> like he was 100% junior on the list. Like, what are you even talking about? You're just straight up lying and rewriting reality to convince your idiot followers that daddy was not friends with Epstein. Yes, he was. There's literal video of your dad and Epstein at Mar-a-Lago, your home away from home, sitting there kind of dancing together, looking at women, whispering about women, like literally talking about women, which is what Epstein's kind of known for in a very bad way. And more importantly, as I said, he was on the list that was released last week. His name was mentioned at least four separate times in depositions. Folks on social media, by the way, were quick to point that out to him, even though most of the responses were agreeing with him that his dad was not on the list. So you did have all of these Trump supporters saying like, yay, he's not on the list. All the Democrats are no, nope. But anyway, folks on social media said, one of them simply said, but he is on the list. Another one said, isn't your dad on the flight logs also? His name is clearly on page 18. This tells you everything you need to know about MAGA and their leader. Another one said, your dad was in the flight logs and has 90 plus public pictures with Epstein, but do go on. Another one simply asked him, why don't you tell the truth? He doesn't tell the truth because honestly, he doesn't have to. If you look at the other responses in Trump Jr.'s post, most people agree. They're like, oh, he wasn't on the list. I, that's great. That's wonderful. But, but he was. And those people are not going to look at these other comments. They're not going to read the actual list. They're not going to read the actual depositions that have been released. And look for the record again, to make sure everything is legally compliant here. Trump was never accused of any wrongdoing. By the way, 
Most people on the list were not accused of any kind of wrongdoing. Even Bill Clinton on the list was not accused of wrongdoing. However, it was said in a deposition that he preferred his women a little younger. So, okay, take that for what it's worth. But we cannot assume all of these people on these lists engaged in any kind of illegal activity. Legally, we can't assume that they did. So Trump was not accused of any illegal activity. Clinton was not accused of any illegal activity, but their names are on that list. You got plenty of Republicans. You've got plenty of Democrats. This is a bipartisan thing. So for any one political party or any, you know, political supporters to be doing victory laps right now, like, no, you should be all doing victory laps, regardless of party affiliation, that a lot of these scumbags have been exposed. That's what we should be celebrating. This isn't a partisan thing. These women were effectively tortured by Epstein. They deserve justice. That's what this is about. Don't turn this into a political thing. There's both political parties on this, both former presidents from each political party. But to sit there and deny that somebody is on that list when their name is clearly there, that takes this thing to a whole new level of crazy. But that is exactly what Don Jr. did. Recently, I did a segment that talked about a new poll that shows that 30% of Americans believe that Donald Trump was anointed by God to be the president of the United States. In fact, I think that was only about a week ago that that segment ran. Well, Donald Trump has decided that he is going to run with this idea, seeing these polls where a third of the country almost thinks that God chose him. So the other day on Truth Social, Donald Trump shared a video that explicitly says, God gave us Trump. Let me read you some of the quotes from this video that Trump shared on Truth Social. God needed Trump to fight the Marxists in America while also working past midnight every night, despite the fact that leaked White House schedules showed that Trump spent almost every night watching Fox News instead of meeting with world leaders. The video goes on to actually quote God as saying, (laughs) it's a voiceover that God is, you know, this person's pretending to be God. Sounds familiar with Trump, but God in the video says, I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle the deep state and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. (laughs) There's more, but I got to stop at that. Like, are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me God in the video that Donald Trump delivered his own grandchild, that he was not just like there at the hospital when the grandchild was born, which I already find hard to believe, but he delivered the kid. Like he's down there and saying, give me one more push. What? And what does God even know about like the deep state? Does the deep state sound like a phrase God himself or herself would use? I mean, no, no, it doesn't. Also, why would God only focus on America? Why would he be like, this is my chosen land, right? I mean, (laughs) that, that makes no sense. The video continues. 
God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news with their tongues as sharp as serpents. The poison of vipers is on their lips. So God made Trump. Well, I'm officially done with religion. If God actually did, in fact, chose Trump, not that I've been to church in decades, but um, as I said last week, and I'll just reiterate it here, if God exists and God did in fact choose Trump, it wasn't because he wanted Trump to deliver us from anything. It's because he wanted to punish the United States for, you know, whatever thing he wanted us punished for. Trump was not a godsend. Trump was a plague. God's been known to send those, by the way, if you've actually read the Bible, you know, instead of sending us swarms of locusts, he said, how about this orange menace instead? That's what God did to the United States. But Donald Trump has to appeal to those hardcore right-wing evangelical fanatics. And it's a lot harder this time around, you know, because one, he's got 91 felonies, two impeachments, uh, three marriages, you know, countless affairs, dozens of women accusing him of sexual impropriety of some sort. So yeah, that's difficult enough, but he also, and this is more important, he doesn't have Mike Pence. The only reason Mike Pence was chosen to be on that ticket with him in 2016 was because Trump is clearly a little loose on the morals, doesn't even know where the local church is, wherever he is. But Mike Pence, that's a hardcore religious fanatic. He needed Pence to get the evangelicals to come over. And a lot of them stayed even after Pence left. But you have had more and more evangelical leaders come out in recent weeks talking about how dangerous Donald Trump is. He is starting to lose it, even though the public says, yeah, God chose him. So Trump's putting this ad out, trying to capitalize on that 30% number in the new poll. But I think if any of these people actually looked at who Trump is, what he's done his entire life, the endless pursuit of greed and money and women and, you know, all kinds of horrible things, you'll realize that that's not the kind of person that God sends to deliver people. Instead, this feels a lot more like God punishing us, possibly punishing y'all for following that false idol. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.